Welcome to A Soulful Life. I'm your host, Anika Nicole. I'm a spiritual life and mindset coach here to guide those of you who are new to the spiritual awakening journey, find clarity and inner peace so that you are able to live a life in alignment with your highest self. Before we dive deep into this podcast episode, I want to mention this one thing. If you're enjoying the show or thinking of ways to support this podcast, there's a few simple things you can Leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Share this podcast show with a friend or share your favorite episode on social media. If you do, don't forget to tag me. I'd love to get to know the listeners of this show. You can find me on Instagram at A Soulful Rebellion. So let's connect. Now on to today's episode. For today's episode, I want to share seven mindset shifts that are important for spiritual transformation and conscious expansion. So I'm just gonna jump right into it for this week. So the first one is healing is not linear. So how many times have you thought to yourself that you've gotten over something or you've improved in a specific area of your life or that hurt or that wound was finally healed up only to be caught up in a moment where you're questioning yourself, you're questioning whether or not healing did actually or truly happened for you, you know? Only to learn that the next time the situation comes up for you, that this wound is now open again. So each time a wound is open up or each time you're feeling triggered, just take that as an opportunity to rise to the next level of your soul's evolution or soul's elevation. It doesn't necessarily mean that you failed at anything or that whatever wound you felt like you fixed or you healed is not healed. It's just a call to arise to a new level. Take it as another opportunity for a deeper level of healing or deeper level of your journey. So I like to think of like the soul as like an onion. You know how onion has uh, different layers and each layer that you peel back reviews another level of that same wound or another deeper area of that wound that needs to be healed. So for example, I thought once in my life that I've really, really gotten over this issue of self-confidence, this lack of self-confidence, right? So I thought I worked on it already with my friends where I was like afraid to speak up, afraid for my voice to be heard. And once I finally got to the place, I'm like, yes, I'm confident now. I don't no longer shy away from using my voice when I'm around friends or in certain social groups, right? And then I arrive, I realize in my job, that's another area where I have to work on in my self-confidence, where certain situations or circumstances will come up where now I'm beginning to realize, oh, I have to work on this issue of self-confidence over here too. And so now with me being an entrepreneur, same thing again, I realize, oh, as I start out on this journey of entrepreneurship, that issue or that old problem of lack of self-confidence was coming up again for me in a new way where now that I'm podcasting or now that I'm thinking about ways that I could show up more online, I'm exposing myself to more and more people. I'm exposing myself to strangers and people that I haven't met yet. So again, I'm working on another area or another layer again, I guess, if you will, of my self-confidence now to show up in this new space, to show up in this new um, and different identity, right? So sometimes even though we think we've healed or worked on something and it comes back up for us, doesn't necessarily mean that we didn't do the work that we had to do. It's just showing another area, yet another place where you're soft and you need to tend to um, that wound or nurture yourself. Another one is 
Number two, negative emotions can be your teacher. So we have a tendency to resist, repress, run away from our negative emotions. But it's not our fault. We were kind of taught to despise the side of ourselves. Like when we were cry, when you we were younger and you were crying, oftentimes we, you know, some families, like I know I, as the way I was raised, when I cry, I was often told to hush up, you know, be quiet, sit down, you know, told to leave the room. And when you're angry, specifically if you were a child, you know, especially, especially in my Caribbean culture, you know, when you're angry or you're expressing anger towards an adult, oh no, that was forbidden. You know, you're told to quiet yourself, calm down, shut up. You know, you're taught to repress these feelings. You're taught that these feelings were bad. They were not good. But the problem is the more that you push up against these emotions, the harder you resist them, the stronger they will return. But what if you use these emotions as your teacher? What if, you know, you allow yourself to experience these emotions, to feel them, to move through them, allow them to move through you? And ways that you can allow your emotions to be your teachers through meditation, through shadow work, and through inner child work. So in meditation, it's just all about sitting with your feeling, not judging it, not trying to analyze it, not trying to analyze it, and not trying to tell it what to do. You're just sitting with the emotion and you're just experiencing it, feeling it as it comes up for you. Noticing whatever sensations comes up in your body. Noticing what emotions are coming up noticing what thoughts pop into your head. That is all you're doing when you're meditating on the emotion. And when it comes to inner child work, it's just all about tending to the inner child within yourself. You know, a lot of times, you know, when we have a certain experience triggers a certain negative emotion in us, we can often easily think back of that first time in childhood when a certain belief or a certain thought caused us to feel that certain type of negative emotion. So it's just about imagining yourself again as a young child, just young you, and you as an adult now tending to the needs of your younger self, just showing compassion, showing love, giving your younger self, your child self, the things that you wish you would have gotten in those moments. And my favorite is shadow work. I encourage you to journal. I always encourage people to journal through their emotions, through their thoughts and through their feelings. I feel like journaling is such a powerful tool and easy and simple tool that we can use to process our thoughts and our emotions. Uh, but if you're doing shadow work, it's all about integrating and processing these feelings that we have. So some questions that I have as prompts as you're working through these emotions can be, what feelings are arising in you? What am I afraid of? Asking yourself if the emotion, is this emotion valid? Now, let me tell you, all emotions are valid. But when you're questioning the validity of the emotion, thinking about whether or not your reaction was disproportionate to the situation at hand. Thinking about the situation from different angles or different perspective and questioning if your reaction to that situation had any uh, made sense. So for example, a lot of times we may look back and reflect on the situation and realize we're, oh, it was just a simple misunderstanding. And another question is, what is it trying to protect you from? Like anger, when we experience anger, we know that the basis of anger is fear, right? But the anger arises as a way to protect yourself from that thing that you're 
experiencing fear from. So ask yourself, what is it that that emotion is trying to protect you from? And what wounds are being opened for you in that moment? And what belief did you form? You know, sometimes we ask ourselves uh, in regards to the situation, like what beliefs did you form around the situation? What were you telling yourself that caused you to believe that thing that triggered the anger, triggered the upset, triggered the wound in you? What higher purpose or good intention did that emotion serve or did this emotion serve? So even though on the surface, the emotion seems really negative, like going back to the example of anger, maybe we look back at that situation and realize that we were really reacting that way out of fear. We were really reacting that way because we felt the need to protect ourselves. What can I do next time to ensure that I am nurtured and loved? So thinking about next steps for yourself, like when that emotion arises again, or when that situation arises where you would have made this course of action, what can you do instead to ensure that you're nurtured and loved? What can you do instead? So now on to number three, another mindset shift that is important for spiritual transformation and conscious expansion is realizing that time is a social construct so we as a human collective creative time so if you think about like the calendar and how it changed changed through time in the Mayan calendar which was created around like the fifth century bce was a cyclical calendar um in that culture that civilization civilization at that time time was seen as a recurring event but by the 16th century bc we adapted the Gregorian calendar, and that's the basis of what the calendar system that we use today, which has like this linear view of time. So as a society, we created this idea of what time is and use it as a social construct, as a point of reference for us. So the distinction between the past, present, future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. That is a quote by Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein um, did a lot of study on gravity and space and its effect on how we experience time. Um, you might want to look into space-time and theory of general, general relativity. Those are concepts in physics that Einstein has studied and done a lot of research on. And I am no physicist. But what we can now understand from these concepts and this research that we, has been founded by Einstein, that there is no separation between the past, present, and future. So for example, if you look at like two people observing like one specific event from different points of view, how they observe time, how one person is gonna observe time is gonna be very different from how the other person observed time based on where they're standing, based on their own points of view, even though that they're observing and watching the same event. So now what does that mean for us? In the present, all potentials exist simultaneously in the field. When we stay present, when we are in the moment, we can move beyond space and time and we can make any of those potentials a reality. When we are mired in the past, however, none of those potentials exist. That is a quote from Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Highly recommend that book. So your memories of the past, the thoughts you're having now, and your imagination of the future are all energy, right? So think about this. So if you're imagining, for example, like 
a new job that you desire to get, right? You're imagining yourself in that position right now in this present moment. And as you're imagining yourself in that new job that you want to have, that new business that you want to start, that new book, that book that you want to write, you're imagining that right now in this present moment. And as you're imagining it, you're emitting energy out into the quantum field, out into the universe, that that thing, even though it has not already happened yet, is already yours, right? You're energetically creating the potential for that new possibility to become a part of your current reality. It's just waiting to occur, waiting to manifest in this physical reality. Similarly, if you think about, let's just say like an old memory that had an unfavorable, you know, like an old unfavorable memory, like something that you, a bad memory from the past, right? Oh, even though you're in this present moment, your body and your mind will stir up all the feelings of that old memory as if it was occurring now. Because your body and your mind does not know the difference between time. All you have to do is trigger that memory in order to bring up those feelings, right? So this brings me to our my fourth principle, my fourth mindset shift. Your thoughts shape your reality. Yes, your thoughts lead to the emotions that you feel. And these emotions triggers the behavior, your behaviors or the actions that you take. And the set of actions or behaviors that you take is what produces the results that you have in your life. In other words, your reality, right? So your thoughts are a combination of, of your belief system, your values, your perception, right? So your emotions are comes from what your thoughts tell you how to feel. That's where your emotions come from. So for example, if I have the belief that I'm a woman and women should only wear skirts, if I put on a pair of pants, I'm going to feel uncomfortable in a pair of pants because my belief system is set up such that I am not supposed to be wearing a skirt. That is silly, I'm a woman. So if I have that strongly as a part of my belief system, me being in a pair of pants is gonna trigger feelings in me that are gonna make me, cause me to feel uncomfortable in a pair of pants. Whereas another woman who doesn't have that belief or another person that doesn't have that belief won't have those same emotions around it, right? And our behaviors are the set of actions that we take based on the emotions that we, we feel or the physiological state that we're in, that it was produced by a certain thought. So similarly, I'm gonna choose to wear skirts all the time. This is just a made up example. Like I'll choose to wear skirts all the time, right? So I'll never experience like what it is to wear pants if I strongly, firmly hold the belief that I'm not supposed to be wearing pants. And these set of actions, what produces the results, the reality that we have created for ourselves. So another, you know, further example, I'm going back to myself with working on uh, <laughs> my confidence here. So talking about this podcast. I remember for the longest time, I've always thought about creating a podcast. Longer, like years. But I had the belief that nobody cared about anything that I had to say. I had the belief that what I didn't have anything of value to give to the world, right? So because I had that belief, I had a lot of low self-esteem and confidence issues around speaking on a podcast, believe it or not, but true story. So my thought, that nobody cared what I had to say, produced the emotion of lack of confidence or low self-esteem, which caused me to behave as a person that did not want to have a podcast. So but that behavior was, I was reluctant to start a podcast. 
So the results I had in my life was me putting off a podcast for years. But I had the mental shift that I do see myself as a valuable person, a person with things of value to say, which gave me the excitement and the empowerment which I needed to produce the confidence that I needed, which caused me to take inspired action to create this podcast. And as the results now are in my life is that I've had a few friends and family who listen to my podcast and they thought that I'm there telling me I'm doing an awesome job. But imagine what would have happened or those opportunities that would have been missed had I not started this podcast. So now my fifth one is we can tap into the power of the subconscious mind. So our body does what the mind tells us to do. The ability to change our reality begins with the mind. The thoughts we think send an electrical signal out in the field. The feelings we generate magnetically draws events back to us. Together, how we think and how we feel produces a state of being, which generates an electromagnetic signature that influences every atom in, a wor- in our world. Another quote by Breaking the ha- in Breaking the Habit of Being Ourselves by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And another quote for you is, change your thoughts, change your life. Simple quote by Wayne Dyer. So. Simply put, if we are able to change our thoughts, change our beliefs, change our values, our perception that are causing us to produce undesirable results in our life, then we are able by effect to change our reality. This brings me to our my sixth principle or mindset shift is that your words have creative power. The words we speak, the words we tell ourselves generates the emotional state that are called that are leading up to the behaviors and shaping the reality that we're forming in our life so likewise when we say words um back to ourselves right it is a reflection of our thoughts but when we choose to speak them we're affirming them so if we say things or statements that i can't i don't i won't or you know I am not this, or I lack self-confidence, or I am not enough. When we begin to speak those words out of our mouth, we're affirming that belief for ourselves every time that we speak it. That's why shifting towards positive affirmations are powerful. So now with that understanding of how our thoughts and our emotions influence the results that we experience in our lives, you ought to be a bit more mindful of the words that you speak. One of my favorite um, Bible scriptures to this day is, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruits thereof. That is the reason why prayers and spell work are powerful. And I end with this last principle. Number seven, you are a divine co-creator with the universe. So with the understanding that your words have creative energy behind them, you can now see how you can co-create with the divine to achieve the life that you desire. Our thoughts are energy that is emitted out to the universe as an electrical signal. Our emotions are energy that is emitted out to the universe as a magnetic force. And the universe responds to the energy by shifting the atmosphere, the quantum field, to be a match for that which you are desiring, to bring it into your reality. So as a recap, the seven mindset shifts that you need to make to experience Spiritual transformation and conscious expansion is one, healing is not linear. Two, negative emotions can be your teacher. Three, time is a construct. 
Four, your thoughts shape your reality. Five, we can tap into the power of your subconscious mind, or you can tap into the power of your subconscious mind. Six, your words have creative power. Seven, you are a divine co-creator with the universe. So that pretty much wraps up all I have for today. These were definitely seven mind shifts that I also had to take in my life in order to expand my conscious awareness. And I hope that you find them of use for you. And I hope that you experience your own spiritual transformation and expansion as a result of learning of these seven mindset shifts today. Do you want to make sure you never miss an episode? You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify to be notified as soon as the next episode is out. If you're looking for inspiration, join my newsletter, Soul Notes. Each newsletter includes an inspirational message, an affirmative prayer, and journal prompts, along with important announcements you don't want to miss. You can find the link to join Soul Notes in the show notes, or you can go to asoulfulrebellion.com forward slash soul notes. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you'll be joining me again next week.